Ossington. Ossington. The hacker podcast, the dark web today podcast people and like Mr. Hill and all that. They want you to wake up and like go on Twitter. Come on. Come on. Oh.
And if this means that your personal data is any safer, Apple shares your personal information with their partners, providers, or marketers for as long as they don't use it for their own marketing purposes. In their developer guidelines, Apple instructs third parties they should strip user data of direct identifiers or names and not relink their data sets with real-world identifiers. But how is Apple going to enforce data practices of third-party companies around the world? If you remember, Facebook once used to have this clause, and they failed spectacularly with the Cambridge Analytica scandal. This is the same problem, yet Apple pretends it's not an issue. It absolutely is. Even if third-party developers comply, they can still enrich their data sets somewhere completely outside of Apple's jurisdiction. Apple isn't the only party that has its third parties. There are third parties or third parties. Apple allows third-party developers to collect your precise location information without disclosing it to you. Normally, developers would have to tell you, but there is a loophole. As long as they de-identify and coarsen your precise location before storing it, everything goes. According to Apple's definition, coarse location is anything with a lower resolution than a latitude and longitude with three decimal points. But it's impossible to de-identify your location info. Your location is your identity. The pattern of places you approximate at a given time is unique. Plenty of studies have proven anonymous location databases are a pipe dream. The law only vaguely defines what is considered personally identifiable data, personal information, and non-personal information. But these definitions lag behind the technological capability and common expectations of privacy. And while Apple doesn't want third-party developers to enrich their databases, it reserves the right to do exactly that for itself. Apple combines their non-personal data collected by cookies, pixel tags, and other technologies with personal data they already hold. They're refusing to uphold the standards they set up for others. With the latest iOS 14 update, users will now have the choice to opt out of the advertising ID for all ads on their iPhones. But this doesn't include Apple's own advertising platform, which doesn't serve you ads based on your advertising ID. It uses your Apple ID. This is an identifier that Apple users use to log into services like iMessage or iCloud. None of the third-party apps are allowed to use the Apple ID for advertising, but Apple can. And by this cleverly marketed ad ID permission request, Apple is giving its own ad network a preferential treatment over the ad networks of other companies like Facebook, Google, or Amazon. Opt out of Apple's ad network. You'd have to go through an entirely separate process. This isn't a feature that protects user privacy, and it certainly doesn't give them more choice. It's Apple's move to monopolize their market share and strengthen their grip on their customers. What happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. Try saying that before the judge. The point of a well-crafted privacy policy is to give its company enough wiggle room to basically do whatever they want with their data to cover their evolving business interests. There are clauses in Apple's privacy policy to do just that. Apple may or may not rely on your consent to process your data. Sometimes they do to protect your vital interests, whatever they decide that is, and sometimes it is for their own legitimate interests. What constitutes Apple's legitimate interests is only limited by imagination. Any legal business interest is legitimate, so unless laws drastically change, Apple has the right to collect as much of your data as they can and do with that whatever they want. Some of the things that Apple already does is to power their services, which, alongside merely providing them, also means personalization of their offerings and data analysis. What does it actually mean? The term data analysis reflects a broad method of research that includes making descriptive and diagnostic analysis, what happened or why, but also predicting your behavior and prescribing a business decision that comes with it. At Apple, your privacy is not a fundamental human right. It's an asset that can be analyzed to study your behavior and personalize Apple's response to it. If you only listen to Apple's marketing, you'd never know that they have a clause that allows them to use 
use algorithms to profile your behavior. The policy states Apple doesn't use algorithms or profiling to make decisions that would significantly affect you without a human review. So as long as there is a human review, Apple can do as much as profiling as they want. Or if the decisions don't affect you significantly, they can still do some profiling. The presence of a human review doesn't make the data collection any less severe. It just means there is probably a person reading your profile. We have no way of verifying what this human review actually constitutes in practice. This is Apple as they want you to see them. We're not going to traffic in your personal, your personal life. This is Apple in real life. We may collect a variety of information, including account, device, contact, payment, and transaction information, but most importantly, usage data. Picture all the privacy commercials Apple has made so far. Somehow, iPhones are inherently different than other systems because your data doesn't leave your iPhone. Except for your browsing and search history, because anytime you search for anything in any Apple app, like Apple News, Apple Music, or the App Store, it immediately leaves your phone to become a part of your record. In the App Store, Apple logs your every browsing activity, search, purchase, or download with your IP address, Apple ID, or other identifiers. With Apple Music, all of your songs, videos, play and pause times, comments, and other devices, apps, and card interfaces used to play content are logged with your account information and IP address. All of the non-personal usage statistics is also provided to Apple's strategic partners, and some of your personal information is shared with Apple's partners that provide or market Apple products and services to their customers. You'll never know which partners have access to your data because Apple doesn't name them. This whole process basically repeats itself for Apple TV apps, Apple News, and stocks. All of these products are powered by ads and personalization, which means not only does Apple collect your information, but conduct a data analysis and share your data with third parties. Apple doesn't monetize its customers. But you're not our problem. Except for when they do with Apple Advertising Network. But hold your horses. Apple's ad platform doesn't track you, which, according to their own definition, means they don't link your data collected by Apple's apps with the data collected by third-party apps, and they don't share your data with data brokers. Apple reduces the definition of tracking to linking different datasets, but that's not what you would expect when evaluating whether you're being tracked or not. Apple uses your device location for relevant ads, which means Apple's ads are literally tracking your location. Fingerprinting your device to show relevant ads is also a standard practice of ad tracking, and Apple does that too. Apple has a way of creating segments of 5,000 people to target them with ads using various troves of data Apple collects. This may sound to you like a major privacy improvement, an example of ads done right, unique to Apple. But this is not unique to Apple, and it's not right. Facebook's ad network functions in a similar way. Advertisers are only allowed to target segments of an audience they are interested in. They cannot select specific individuals. If you are willing to accept Apple ads, you should also accept Facebook ads. Segmentation of individuals doesn't mean ads are done right. Your data is still being collected, and you are still being profiled. DuckDuckGo or Brave ads are much more ideal examples of more ethical ads, that is, ads based on no user profiles at all. If you ever use Siri, your record history will be sent to Apple servers and kept for up to six months, alongside your contact names, music and podcasts you enjoy, names of your accessories, apps installed on your device, and a location if you don't disable location services. This will be neatly organized into a profile with a unique identifier that's not Apple ID, but it's still a unique identifier. And let's not forget the big scandal Apple had with allowing human reviewers to listen in on recorded user interactions where Apple hired hundreds of contractors for this job to do none other than to improve their service. Apple ID is the equivalent of a Google account ID. You need to have it in order to enable some basic functionality.
quality of your iPhone, like iMessage, AppStore, or iCloud. This is a loophole for Apple to extract more data out of your device. When you sign in with your Apple ID, services such as iCloud, iTunes, iMessage, or AppStore will be enabled, and certain information will be automatically sent to Apple servers to back up for your convenience. This includes your contacts, calendars, photos, docs, health, activities, Safari, tabs, and other app data. Some of this is end-to-end encrypted, such as Apple Card transactions, health data, and iCloud keychain with your saved accounts and passwords. Information that is not going to be end-to-end encrypted and therefore accessible to Apple and their buddies at the NSA includes their iMessage backups, contacts, calendars, photos, documents, and data from iCloud-enabled third-party apps. This is a major design flaw. There is no reason not to provide end-to-end encryption for the rest of your data. Reportedly, Apple had planned to make iCloud data end-to-end encrypted, but then the FBI complained it would deny them access to user data, so Apple just decided to drop it. It was a huge PR win for Apple to stand up to the FBI in refusing to decrypt a seized iPhone back in 2015. But everyone is suddenly silent when they choose to willingly cooperate. According to Apple's transparency report, the company fulfilled 82% of U.S. government data requests in 2020. That's about just as bad as Google's compliance. Some might congratulate Apple for at least trying, but their biggest rival Google enabled end-to-end encrypted backups for Android app data without even giving governments an advance notice. Apple is not your friend. It's a publicly traded corporation. Just because they sell a lot of hardware doesn't mean they won't take every opportunity to increase their revenue by monetizing customer data too. Samsung is much more of a hardware company than Apple, but that doesn't prove anything about their data practices. Their privacy policies and company track records do. Do not trust Apple with your data. Do not trust any company with your data. Compartmentalize. Use free and open source software with good security standards and leadership behind it. Do not put all your eggs in one basket. Use different providers for different services, but choose from those that can actually prove they respect your privacy rather than just use flowery PR talk.